Hey, runners. So you know how we always ask you to leave us a review or check this out or check that out? Well, we have made a new page called Friends of the Real Life Runners Podcast, and it's got all the links that you need so that you can access anything that we talk about in our shows. So if you head over to realliferunners.com forward slash friend, you'll have all the links right there at your disposal. So thanks in advance for all the reviews and shares and follows on Instagram. And now onto the show. This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. All right, so today we are going to be talking about the vicious running cycle. Vicious. Vicious. Um, and this is a term that I've kind of come up with. It's it's something that I've recognized that happens to a lot of runners, right? Like, unfortunately, and I call it vicious because it is vicious, right? Like, we don't realize that we are in this cycle oftentimes until we are at, like, the very negative side yeah, of it. Until we're at, like, step four right. of the cycle. Right. So basically, you know, a lot of times what we see is that we see runners that are feeling stuck and they're feeling frustrated. And so I always like to try to figure out why things are happening so that I can help more people. That is like my goal in life is to help more people to live healthier, more joyful lives. And when I look at runners, running can be such a joyful activity. You know, running is something that is so good for us. But so many runners get stuck in frustration and in this vicious cycle that I've seen. And I started to kind of recognize it when I was working as a physical therapist, right? Okay. And it really, it's one of those things that can be just like a vicious cycle outside of running too. Like I do see a lot of times that like people just kind of get into these cycles. Like for example, like in my physical therapy practice, um, I used to see patients that would come back time and time again for the same issue. Which right. is never what you want in physical no. therapy, but it's kind of how well, the system works. It depends on your goal, right? If your goal is to make money, then you might like those repeat customers. <laughs> but me as a physical therapist, not owning that business, um, even even if I were to own this business, I wouldn't want this thing <laughs> you would the practice. coming back over and over again, right? I always used to tell my patients, my goal is to make you not need me anymore. Like that is my goal. I love empowering people with tools and information so that they can take care of themselves. But a lot of the, my patients were in this cycle where they would, you know, have an injury and then they would come to physical therapy and then they would get better. And then they would go back to kind of doing things the way that, that they did before and kind of let their exercises fall aside. And then they would end up with that same chronic pain flaring up again. Right, which is similar to the running injury cycle. Can you, you just sort of like lay out what it is yeah. that the running cycle is? We'll go into it mm-hmm. on all the different parts in, in detail here, yep. but just as a big overview, mm-hmm. uh, the running cycle is, is great. It starts off in such a happy, joyful place. Yeah. It starts off with improvement. Every, improvement. Everybody's improving. Yeah. Like that's step one. But is, before we jump into the okay, cycle, I just want to plug our 31 days of running tips. Yeah, okay? So you if you guys aren't following yet, us yet on Instagram or TikTok, head over TikTok at Real Life Runners, Instagram at Real Life Runners. We're at Real Life Runners on all the platforms. Um, and we are posting 31 days of running tips in the month of December 2022. I don't know when you're listening to this. Maybe it's 2025 by now. But because um, I know that we've got some new listeners that mm-hmm. like have reached out, um, some of our new clients, and they're like, oh, I found your podcast. And I went back to episode one. I was like, ooh. ooh. <laughs> 
we were a lot different in episode one than we are now. Maybe just skip the first 30. I shouldn't say we're different. <laughs> we're just like much more comfortable and more experienced. Like when I like listen back to some of those old episodes, I'm like, oh my goodness. Like I, I feel like it was very like regimented, scripted, more robotic, robotic. Yeah. Good word. I don't know. Like, cause it, we never scripted any of the episodes, but like, we just weren't as comfortable and as conversational as we are today. Yeah. Fair enough. So anyway, um, so who knows when you're listening to this, but <clears throat> who knows if those platforms even exist. Right. But Ooh, anyway, <laughs> 31 days of running tips. If you're catching this, um, now, um, come join us over there. There's some really, really good stuff. Um, that have that a lot of people have been commenting on as as really really helpful. So and family members out. are making cameo appearances. So family members are making family members are making fun of me for making them too. So it's just also <laughs> fun. Um, so anyway, okay. So on to the vicious running cycle, okay? Because like I said, I like to look for patterns. I like to look for more ways to help people. So this vicious running cycle is this pattern that I saw. Basically, of have have what's what's happening is that like when you first start running, right? Whether you're brand new or after a break, and you kind of start back up again, you start to improve, right? Always, you, you start to improve. You start to build mileage and build speed, right? Because if you're starting to run, maybe you're only able to run for like a half mile or a mile, and then you just gradually start to build up your mileage. You gradually start to get faster. It's kind of the the beautiful thing about being new to something. There's that immediate improvement there's that immediate gratification when you start something new okay then what happens is a lot of times you will you will build the the speed and the mileage and then you get to a point where that progress will start to plateau right you just you stop getting faster the the mileage seems harder for you to continue onwards there's some sort of plateau that happens Part of the, the beginning of the viciousness. That beginning, right. That is off, often the catalyst for the viciousness. If we could just continue the improvement, that'd be fantastic. But it hits this plateau. We start right. the, the viciousness because no one really super enjoys the plateau. So you just, you hang out there. Okay. But so let's, after, let's run through it quickly. Then. Right. So the overview. Okay. So build speed and mileage. Then eventually at some point, your progress starts to plateau at which point most people will then start to do more. People will start to push harder try to run longer to try to get off that plateau Mm -hmm. and what happens is that that often leads to either burnout or injury and after burnout injury then you have to take time off or you have to pull back and then you kind of go back you know into the cycle of building speed and mileage again like you have to then rebuild after injury or after having to take time off because of burnout right and so it it becomes this vicious cycle but what we're trying to what we want to teach you guys today is number one what all four steps of that cycle look like, and then how you can break out of this cycle, right? Because like I said, our goal is to help create a happier, healthier, more joyful world through running, right? Like that is our goal. We want to help more runners to live those joyful and healthier lives. And so if we can help you learn about this cycle and show you how to break out of it, that is going to lead to a lot of, a lot more joy, a lot more satisfaction and fulfillment in your running. Excellent. And ultimately a healthier life. Yes. Joy to the world. That's what we're going for here. Joy to the world. I knew it was coming. You, I, well, did you expect that version? Yes, that version. Not the Christmas version? No, that was what I was going for, actually. <laughs> um, all right. So when you first start, like round one of of the cycle, round one starts with the awesomeness that is the blank slate phenomenon. Yep. When you start whatever the new thing is, if it's running, but this is how the cycle applies to so many different things. Mm-hmm. When you start a new thing, 
you automatically start getting better at it. Because when you first start, you're probably not that good at it. Or you're nowhere near your potential at it. Yeah. Like even if you're good at the thing and you're like, oh, wow, I'm naturally just kind of good at this thing. You're nowhere near maxing out potential. Mm -hmm. So you immediately start improving towards that potential. Yeah. So it's like the beginner's luck phenomenon. Yes. It's also the glory of coaching high school freshmen. Yes. Like as long (laughs) as you don't hurt them, they're going to get better. You could throw anything at them and it's like, oh, well, that's a new stimulus and therefore they're going to use it to get faster. Mm-hmm. It's right. fantastic. Right. So that's kind of like when you are coming in as a new person to a new activity. So when you're new to running, but then you also hit this, like if this is your second round of the cycle, like we kind of said before, 800th round of the cycle, right. Where you're regaining your fitness, right? So depending on your break, depending on how long your break was and why you took that break, you can, again, regain that fitness relatively quickly, especially if it was a shorter break. So if you took a shorter break, maybe you went on vacation for a little while, maybe life got in the way, and then you had to take an extended break and you get back into it, the shorter the break, the longer or the less time it will take you to regain your fitness, right? And a lot of times you can regain that fitness pretty quickly unless it's coming off, off of an injury, um, in which case you kind of, a lot of people end up side, like forgetting the plateau and just going straight to the injury and burnout because they try to push too hard. And then they kind of bounce back and forth between those two things, which is definitely not where you want to be. Um, but yes, anytime that you are like starting a new activity or coming back from an activity, there does tend to be this period of time where the progress is much more, um, rapid yeah it's, like it's, it's, it's much more rapid progress it's not exactly linear but man it's it's awesome it's, improvement it and is it is so happy yeah You're like man the running is phenomenal yeah. it, it might not be awesome every day like like there's still gonna be days where it's like that run was rough day two but in, <laughs> <laughs> well i mean that's the thing it's because running is so physically demanding because of the yeah. impact of actual running if you're coming off after a break even if you're in phenomenal shape you like mm-hmm. you run a race and then you're like oh i'm gonna take like a week off and then that week stretches into a couple weeks and then life gets in the way now you're three weeks post run you're still in relatively good shape right but you haven't physically run in a while. So that first one is just going to be like banging on your body. You're going to be remarkably sore after that, Mm -hmm. even though cardio wise, you're probably in in fairly good shape. Right. So, you know, and this is both awesome and awful at the same time, right? Because (laughs) like when you get these period, this period of, of rapid growth and improvement, a lot of us get fooled into thinking that that's how it's supposed to be. Right. Like that's like, this is this is the normal part. Right. It's normal for me to progress this quickly. It's normal for me to just jump back into this totally um, like ready and moving and improving. And this feels great. This is what running is. Mm-hmm. And it's not like news alert, news flash. Sorry to tell you, that's not how progress is supposed to be. That is what happens a lot of times in the beginning or when you're coming off of a break. But in general, progress is not linear and progress there's like there's no good um like indicator or timeline because it's so individual based on you your life your body just how your body adapts to running and training and all of the things like some people's bodies are just quicker adapters right like they just adapt more quickly and they make progress um sooner Versus others that take a little bit more time. It also depends on what you're trying to adapt. Like yeah. you say, some people are, are faster adapters. Some people are, are quick adapters to speed. Some mm-hmm. people are quick adapters to the endurance. And like 
overall in the population, you can increase your speed great at a, at a faster rate than you can increase your endurance, mm -hmm. but that's not exactly the same for everybody. Right. And it also depends on like what your history with athletics has been as well. Oh, hundred percent. You know, like if you were very athletic growing up and you trained and you were into sports and all of the things you will, you will more, most likely make quicker progress when you first start running or when you like get into running versus someone that has not had that same level of activity because that person's body just is getting used to physical activity. Whereas if you have somebody that has been active, just not a runner, they're already used to activity. They're just not used to this specific activity. So they're, they're going to make gains more quickly as well. Yeah. So that's like another reason that you should also never compare yourself to other people because you have no idea what their history is like, right? Like you're like, well, we've been running the same amount of time, but this person's so much faster and they can run so much longer. But did you live the same exact life as that person? Are you the same exact age down to the minute of, you know, as that same person, right? Like you're not, you're a different person with a different life, with a different history, different background, different body, like all of the things, right? So this is one of the reasons that comparison is never a good idea. All right. So I think that kind of covers a lot of the, the details, the nuance in, in that first step where there's a lot of improvement. Yeah. And it seems like everything's going great. But, but understand that that's not the normal part. Right. Like, I think that that's the key from this step. That's, that's like part one. Yeah. And it'd be cool if we could just keep climbing and just nothing but improving, but it doesn't. It like that will always get you to the plateau. Yeah. Like doing whatever it is that stresses you, you will continue to improve, but eventually you're going to reach that plateau. Mm -hmm. Every runner gets to that spot. And I think that that's another really important thing to point out is that when people reach this plateau, oftentimes we think that that's bad. That means that our training is not going correctly. Our training is not happening the way that it should. And what we want you to understand is that plateau is normal. Every runner will plateau at some point in time. The length of that plateau is different. The, you know, the details of the plateau, but plateau where your progress stops improving for a certain period of time is normal. And I want to really stress that because I think that so many of us think that the plateau means that something's wrong yeah. and it does not mean that anything is wrong. That is just, if you understand this is just a natural part of the cycle, your progress is going to plateau at some point in time. That doesn't mean you've done anything wrong. That doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. That doesn't mean that you're never going to make more progress again, right? Like you can still make progress after a plateau. Like think about going up stairs. Like if you go up, if you're in a building and you're going up a flight of stairs, there are little landings in between each floor, right? You go up a set of stairs, maybe 10 to 12 steps, and then there's a landing. And then you turn the corner and then you go up another set of step, steps and then there's another landing. Those are plateaus. Same thing as plateaus in your training. You're going to hit those flat spots sometimes. Right. You didn't reach the peak. You just reached the plateau. Right. You just reached that plateau. You're going to hang out there for a little bit and then you're going to continue to climb. Like that is part of training. Excuse the interruption, but I just had to pop in and let you know about an upcoming workshop that we're hosting inside the Real Life Runners Academy. 
If you're someone that's ever struggled with thoughts or beliefs that are getting in your way, or you think you're self-sabotaging yourself and you can't understand why you're doing things that you don't want to do or not doing things that you know you should be doing or want to be doing, this message is for you. We're hosting a special academy workshop May 14th, and we're bringing in an expert in neuro-linguistic programming, Ms. Megan Blacksmith. And she's going to be teaching us how the thoughts that we have can either be helping us in our life or holding us back. And we want to invite you, our amazing podcast listeners, to join us. So you don't have to be an, a member of the Academy to join us this month. You can join for a small one-time fee by going over to realliferunners.com forward slash workshop. If you are a current Academy member, this and all of our monthly workshops and all experts, that's all already included in your current membership. So if you are a current member, do not go to the website and repurchase because it's already included with your membership. But if you want to join just for the workshop, check it out over at realliferunners.com slash workshop today. Now, back to the show. So from like a a more straightforward perspective, the plateau in general shows up because if you want to keep improving, mm-hmm. there's essentially, there's a very key training philosophy. You stress the body and then you recover and the body will build back stronger. Right. So if you keep putting in the same training, you're going to do the same mileage. You're going to do similar speed. Like even if you've got a variety of different speed work, if you just keep repeating the same thing, eventually what you're doing is no longer going to be stressful. And if you take the stress out of stress plus recovery gets you to a higher level, then there's there's no chance of getting to a higher level. The opportunity for growth has been removed because you're literally just not physically stressing yourself. Mm -hmm. So that's a lot of the plateau. But sometimes the plateau is kind of sneaky. It shows up even though there is sort of like very small, small growth. And this is part of the whole idea that growth isn't linear. Mm -hmm. Like it goes up and down. So maybe you are, it looks like you're going up and then backtracking and up and backtracking. And if you pan, like really look at it from like the 30,000 foot view, it looks like a plateau Mm -hmm. or it looks like the weirdest growth. You're going forward and backward and forward and backwards. That's living on the plateau. Yeah. And, but that could be setting you up for the next thing. Mm -hmm. So instead of hanging out on the plateau, a lot of people kind of try and push towards the next thing. What what else do you want to say on, on that? plateau level here. Um, I was the the one thing that I was going to say about the plateau is that you know kind of and, and you just basically addressed it is that the plateau doesn't mean that you are just staying at the same level it might even be like a slight decline sure right like and, and that's where people again start to freak out like they start to freak out when the vo2 max on their watch on their gps watch goes down a notch because oh, they're like oh no bit. I'm detraining, right? Or Lord Garmin tells you that you are unproductive for the day or that you are in detraining status, right? And this is one of our issues with all of these, all of the technology out there. It is great. There are so many benefits. There are so many benefits, I should say, of this wearable technology, but there are also the downsides, right? There are the dark side. And so many people will allow the wearables to determine whether or not they are actually making progress to, to determine how they felt about that run or about this training cycle or about any of it in general. And there's so much frustration that can come along with that. So I think just understanding like the biggest thing, like I said at the beginning, 
about the plateau that I want you guys to understand is that it's totally normal, that it doesn't mean that anything is wrong. Like Kevin said, it, it might mean that you go up a little and down a little and up a little and down a little. But if you kind of look at like, if you drew a line in between, you're about at the same spot. Yep. And again, totally okay. The, the key is how do I then get off of the plateau or how long should I ride this out, right? And that's kind of what we're gonna help you guys understand here in, in the rest of the episode. All right, perfect. So again, step one, you're just, you're improving. Everything's looking great. You just keep getting better, farther, faster, whatever it is. Yeah. And then you hit the plateau because look, the overall principle is you're no longer stressing the body. And so you essentially hang out at a similar spot. Yeah. So the next logical step is, well, running needs to get more stressful. And right. so you look at it, you're like, well, if I keep running the same and I keep running the same speed, it's not a stress. So I'm going to do everything further and faster. And that's one of the biggest issues is a lot of runners look at this. They're like, well, it needs to be more stressful. So I'll make everything a little bit more stressful. Everything gets further. Everything gets faster. And it leads to a couple of different options. One of them is awesome. It takes you back to step one. Improvement shows mm -hmm. up again. Yeah. Like, cool. But the other possibility is the injury burnout. And eventually you stop taking step one. Right. Eventually the improvement will stop and you're going to lead to that injury burnout if the answer to get off the plateau is always just more. Just do more. Yeah. Like if you're always just pushing the gas pedal a little bit harder, eventually that, that injury or burnout will come. It's just a you matter of when. You do go faster, but eventually <laughs> the engine's going to blow up on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you don't want that, right? So the key here and the big question that we want to help answer for you and help you kind of figure out how this might apply to you is what if you never had to get to that injury or burnout, right? What if you could break from this cycle where, you know, you start to improve your progress plateaus and instead of then pushing harder and doing more and getting to that injury and burnout, you went, you kind of skipped over injury and burnout and went right back up to making progress again. Yeah. Like it's, it's choosing the better of the two possible outcomes. Mm -hmm. You get back to the improvement that you want right. and you skip the injury burnout. Like you can just three-step the process, mm -hmm. like improvement plateau, and then push a little bit more intelligently. Intelligently. It, well, it's, I think that it, instead of saying push a little bit more, it's change the stimulus. Yes. Really. It's like, it's, alter your training, adjust your training is really what it needs to be like. And, you know, when I say the vicious running cycle, like I did before I put in there, you know, push harder and do more because that's what most people default to. But really we want to change that third step to adjust your training. You right. have to do something different. You have to change the stimulus that you're giving to your body. If you want to get off that plateau and have a different result. Right. And the easiest way to adjust the stimulus. And that's why so many people get on the cycle. The easiest adjustment is simply the same thing, but more. Do more. I know, right. I know this training method. Mm -hmm. So if I just do this training method, but I turn the notch up to 11, right. clearly I'm going to get better results. And and a lot of people default to that because they've seen results from that method. Right, because right? they saw step one. Right. This was giving me improvement. Correct. It's not giving me improvement now. I just need to do it more because I, I was working for me. Right. But, and the other thing is, if you adjust your training in a different way, that is fear of the unknown, right? Yeah. That is an unknown as to how my body is going to adapt and react to that. 
I don't want to go backwards. So I don't want to do something that's totally different because I don't want to go backwards. And this is where so much of the pushback comes when we start to tell people about our method, like the way that we like to train runners, where they're doing 80% of their runs at an easy pace. There's so much pushback to this because they're like, oh, wait, that doesn't sound right. I don't want to get slower. Why are you having me run slower? And And we try to explain to people If you run slower, if you keep your effort level easy most of the time, then you will be able to push harder on your harder days. Mm -hmm. That's going to lead to more improvement without the injury and the burnout. We're trying to help bypass step four of this vicious cycle for people. But that's where so much of the pushback comes is like, I don't want to get slower. So I don't want to try this new method because it might not work for me. How do I know it's going to work? Like we want certainty. We want to know this thing will work. And we try to do our best to reassure people like we've had it work with hundreds of runners before. <laughs> like this is not just something that we're making up. This is something that's backed by science. It's it's backed by research. We've put it to use both in our own training and in hundreds of other runners that we've coached. There are other coaches out there that train their athletes this way too. Elite athletes with this types this type of method, not not the exact same thing that we do, but you know, because every every coach is a little different. Right. Right. But the same principles. Right. We are training people with scientifically proven principles and then we adapt it to real life. Right. I mean, and that's part of the thing is it's not like there's an actual specific plan. There's a guiding principle as mm-hmm. to how to get yourself safely off of the plateau. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and each coach goes about that a little bit differently. Yes. Right. Because each athlete should go about that a little bit differently too. Sure. All right. So how do you avoid the injury burnout? I, again, say that there's two options to this. And one of them we're going to spend more time on, but there is, there is a first choice. There are two options. You could just live on the plateau. Like that is actually a choice. You'd be like, man, I'm stuck at this level. Instead of saying I'm stuck here, I'm not getting anywhere. Maybe look around and be like, do I actually enjoy this? This is pretty cool. Like, (laughs) are you living a very healthy lifestyle? You're going out, you're physically fit. Like the plateau could be great. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be like you could choose the the second option here also, but it's also quite possible to hang out on the platform for a little while and be like, this is pretty awesome. Look at what I'm capable of doing. Mm -hmm. Okay. There is a caveat that comes with this. You have to understand the plateau is not actually flat. It is in fact a gradual decline. Yeah. Okay. And Andrew pointed this one out already that if you don't keep stressing your body, you will eventually adapt to what you're doing, Mm -hmm. become even more efficient at it and then start gradually regressing. Right. Right. And so like, you will move backwards if you keep doing the same thing over and over and over for a long enough period of time, like for, for a a certain period of time. And and again, that period of time is different for everyone. I can't tell you for you, it's two weeks or three months or six months. Like, I don't know what it is for you and your body and the way that your body reacts to things. But if you're running the same mileage and doing the same workouts for an, for a period of time, you're going to be at the same exact level of fitness. Right. But like Kevin said, as your body becomes more efficient and adapts, you will start to actually regress and decline in your fitness if you don't start to add new training stimuli. Right. Which leads to your other option. So live on the plateau because there's nothing wrong with that. Especially 
in, in um, certain seasons of your life. And this is one yeah. of the things I wanted to point out. I, I think I, I want to mention this part a little bit later. Um, I've got it actually typed up into the yeah. into the outline that you can, like you don't have to choose to live there indefinitely. Yeah. Um, but living there is certainly one of the options. The other way to avoid the injury burnout. Hold on. I, but I don't, I don't want to just like, skip I don't want to skip this because okay. like, I think this is important. Okay, Talk about it now. Well, because I think that like, depending on what's going on in your life and we can mention it later too, but like, living on the plateau is a great choice. And I think that we as runners are often so conditioned to like want to improve at all periods of in time. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that either, but there's also nothing wrong with choosing to just kind of be where you are right now. Maybe you've got kids at home. Maybe they're young kids. Maybe you have a newborn. Maybe you have a lot of stress at work. You have other things that are happening in your life. Maybe you're trying to grow a business like I am, right? Like I'm trying to grow our coaching business and help more runners. I'm trying to spread our message and our mission. And so right now, my personal running goals are different than they were when I wasn't building the business because my business is my focus and being a mom is my focus, right? Like having those seasons of my life that are really important to me and having those priorities means that right now for me, my running is third, fourth, fifth in line, not my health in general. My health is always number one, right? Because if I'm not healthy, then I'm not going to be able to show up in any area of my life. Well, my health is still number one, but like my running goals, people are always like, you know, when are you going to run a marathon? When are you going to do this? And I'm like, I'm not ready for that yet. The number it of people fit. that ask you, when are you going to run a marathon is fine. astounding. It's fine. Like, well, it makes sense. I'm a running coach, right? Like that's totally, that's a, that's a fine question. And I'll be happy to answer it. And the answer is, I don't want that in my life right now. I don't have room for it with the way that I want to live my life and prioritize things. Yeah, but if you don't run a marathon, then are you a real runner? I am <laughs> a real runner. Um, but I, I also like, and so I did live on a plateau for a little while with my mm-hmm. running. Um, and I was focusing more on my strength training, you know, like, because you can focus on other things as well. Like you don't always have to be getting faster. You don't always have to be increasing your distance. You can focus on other things as well. And this is one of the conversations I had with one of our clients this week, because she's like, you know, she's been running like 100 mile races. Like she's mm-hmm. been doing all sorts of things. Like you know, what do I want to do? Like, what is my goal for 2023? Sure. And I'm like, well, you can focus on other things as well. You know, like you, it doesn't have to be just trying to get faster or just trying to run longer. There, there can be other goals. And so sometimes living on the plateau is a great choice. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's, it's not just that there's nothing wrong with it. Sometimes it is the most ideal choice. It is, there is. Right. Right. Yeah. It's not something that you just have to accept. Like it's something <laughs> that you can actively choose. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I'm, it's, it's the joy of, of the plateau. I'm yeah. going to be here and I'm going to really appreciate where I am. Well, think about it. Like if you're going on a hike in the mountains, right. And you're climbing, 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 and you get to a point where there's like a gorgeous overlook. Do you want to keep climbing right away or do you want to take some time to pause and look around you and take some photos and just be in that moment? Actually enjoy the experience. Yeah, like you've climbed so long for so, you know, you, you've put in so much work to get to where you are. What if you could just enjoy that plateau for just a short period of time or, or a longer period of time? The same thing happens with races. Does every single race need to be chasing a PR? Right. You tend to miss out on a lot of the experience. Yeah. So like get to the, get to the plateau and then take a breath, sit down and look around you for a little bit. Do a little happy dance. Yeah. (laughs) Take some selfies. Perfect. And don't forget to post. Um, Okay. So 
that's option one is like just choosing consciously to like stay on the plateau for a while and, and totally be okay with that. What's okay. option number two? Option number two, have some good reasoning about how you're going to increase or change the stress. Okay. Cause it's both increase and change. Like part of the reason well, why increase is change. Yes. But like, instead of just doing the same thing, but increasing it, doing more miles or greater intensity, you could simply try to change the stimulus, mm -hmm. come up with a little bit different of how you're training. And it goes back to the very first step of it leads to improvement when you start new things. Okay. So on the big principle that if you want to improve, you have to have stress and recovery. If all you're doing here is increasing the stress, which is what a lot of runners do. They're like, right. All right, I run four days a week. I, I seem to have reached a plateau. So I'm just going to push a little bit more on all four days. I'm going to make them all a little bit further. I'm going to make them all a little bit faster. It, you've managed to completely eliminate your recovery run. So that sometimes leads to a big issue mm -hmm. of, okay, well, if, if you increased the stress, you have to kind of proportionally, maybe not exactly a one-to-one, -one, but you have to make sure that you're increasing recovery enough so that you're able to feel recovered. Otherwise, stress just leads to injury. Yeah. And what if you even took it one step further and said, I'm not going to increase my stress. I'm only going to increase my recovery. That is also possible. Right? Like if you, especially if you are not getting enough sleep right now, if you're not getting enough recovery in, if you are pushing your recovery runs a little bit more, one way to get off the plateau is to actually pull back and give yourself more recovery time. And, right. and people don't like to look at that one. They're like, that doesn't make sense. How can I improve if I'm not doing more? I right. Mean, if you have not like maxed out your use of that particular stress mm -hmm. level, and it's quite possible if you're not mm -hmm. eating enough, if you're not sleeping enough. Most if, people don't max it out. If you've got a whole lot of other stresses coming from things yep. in life, if you focused on the recovery, you might be able to ease your way off of the plateau. Yep. That would be the easiest way off the plateau is if you have not maxed out that particular stress level. Right. But if you do decide to increase your stress level, you also need to increase your recovery to go along with it. Right. And I mean, one of the big things on that one is making sure that you're getting enough sleep, mm -hmm. but also making sure that you're getting enough fuel. Mm -hmm. If you increase your intensity or you increase your mileage, or certainly if you increase both, yep. you're going to need to put more fuel in the fire. Yep, absolutely. So when you decide what adjustment you need to make in order for you to get off this plateau, one a good question to ask yourself is which form of stress gives the biggest payoff for you? So this, you know, there there is a little bit of knowing yourself in this step, like mm -hmm. knowing what works well for you. What have you tried in the past? What has worked? What hasn't worked, right? Having that experience is going to help you answer this question better. If you're new to running, if you've never really experienced plateau before, you could probably pick any of these, play with it and see what happens, see the result that you get from it. And then, you know, next time around when you hit a plateau again, because it will inevitably happen, you try something else. So ask yourself, you know, which form of stress tends to give the best payoff for me? So some of the stress options that you might think of would be your long run. You know, how long is your current long run? Do you want to increase that long run or do you want to change the pace of that long run? Um, number two, strides. Do you currently do strides on a regular mm -hmm. basis? If you don't, adding strides in once or twice a week can really do a lot for your fitness. I saw Steve Magnus post about this just this week, mm -hmm. you know, about like just 
and throwing in some strides like twice a week can really up your level of fitness without increasing the stress level too much on the body. Oh, he took it even further because he threw in hill strides. Well, yes, that was like eight seconds of hill yes, strides. Eight seconds of hill strides. Yeah. Of pushing yourself really hard For four to six seconds. times, eight seconds up a hill mm -hmm. and just sprinkling that into your run. If you're looking for like, what's the, what's the lowest hanging fruit that I could do and just add this in? Cause these are various forms of stress you could put mm -hmm. in. This does not mean put all of them in. No. Like pick one. Yeah. Like pick one. And one of the easiest ones, if you are not doing strides to your, on your, your plan, like I'm going to put that one right off the bat. If you have not added strides to your run, put them in and watch the magic happen. Like you're going to leave that plateau behind because mm -hmm. it is a great way to tap into something without increasing a huge amount of stress mm -hmm. on the body. Yeah. And it's one of the things that our runners, like our clients love the most about our program. Like when they first come in that first month, it's like, like I said before, there's a lot of pushback on going slower, but then we're like, yes, we're going to take this from you, but we're going to give you strides. Here's strides. Here's strides on a silver platter. And people are like, oh my God, I love strides. You know, like, because strides are really, really fun and show immediate payoff. Well, I shouldn't say immediate payoff, but you get payoff. Relatively short. Right. Which is fantastic. And they're also a use, very useful thing to increase. Like I used to do them once a week. I've added them uh, on an increased number of times per week um, because I think they are helpful as uh, the, the calendars keep changing years. As the calendar. Oh, as your as, age. As your age increases, let's just <laughs> spell this guy out. As you get a little older, adding strides an extra couple yeah. times during the week is super, super helpful. Yeah. Well, because it, it stimulates your fast twitch muscle fibers and like those are really what tend to decrease as we get older. Exactly. So being able to hang on to those is, mm -hmm. is massively helpful. Really important. Yeah. So, um, okay. So long run strides, moderate speed. So we're talking about like tempo types of runs here. Yeah. Um, which a lot of people, when they first get into running, do most of their stuff at moderate. Right. If you've been listening to us for a little while, we talk this whole 80-20 thing where like make sure that your easies are easy, that your hards are hard. Oops. Sometimes people forget about the middle ground. Mm -hmm. Okay. And this is often not an issue for people when they first get into running because they do so much of their running in the middle ground. Right. But sometimes people get a little bit too uh, polarized on this. They're doing hard stuff really hard, easy stuff really easy, and they forget the middle ground. So if you look at your training schedule, honestly, look at your training schedule, you're like, do I do anything at the middle pace? Yeah. If you haven't, try putting in some middle pace runs. Mm -hmm. That's going to have some big payoff. Well, and also if you're someone that has listened to some of our advice and taken most of your running down to that easy level, you can get very comfortable at that easy pace, which mm -hmm. is great, right? Like there's, we love easy running, stick with that L2, but when you're so comfortable and you love those easy runs, sometimes you're like, Ooh, have I pushed myself to that medium yep. pace in a while? Like, you know, cause it's very easy to go out on those easy runs because they're more enjoyable. You feel better after them. And like, stress when you're pushing yourself to go harder is not always fun right and like moderate speed does not have to be the classic old school tempo run of it it's 20 minutes at a moderate effort and yeah. then we called it you can mix this up you can make this into like fartlicks of like one minute on like mm -hmm. one on one off and just bounce back and forth yeah. like as long as you can play overall, with it. Yeah. It can be fun to have some moderate speed. So there's a, a variety of ways to do this. Yeah. And then the fourth thing that you want to look at is strength training. Okay. So number one, if you are not strength training, you need to strength train period. Like all runners need to strength train. That's coming from a physical therapist. 
I have been practicing for over 15 years. I have worked with tons of runners. You need to strength train. If you want to get stronger, if you want to get faster, if you want to avoid injury, you have to strength train. It is not optional. Okay. Right. Doctor, I have a question for you. Okay. Okay. I said, if you're looking at this list, low hanging fruit is strides. If you're not strength training, I'm hundred percent on board. You have to strength train. Can you put in strength training and strides or is that going to be too much change? I think it would be fine. Um, you could also stagger it by like a couple of weeks. Okay. Right. But like, but if you don't have any strides, adding strides once a week and adding strength training at the same time is totally fine. I think another big key here is making sure that you're doing strides correctly. Yeah. That strides peak out at like, it's not sprinting. Mm -hmm. I heard somebody explain strides really well. They said, as long as your arms still essentially look like your arms on an easy run and they haven't turned into like, you know, full sprinter arms. Exactly. Like there's a difference between distance running arms and sprinting arms. <laughs> if you flipped over to sprinter arms, you're no longer doing a stride. Mm. Uh, that was, that was their like analysis it. of it. I thought it was pretty solid. Yeah. But you know, with strength training, so number one, if you're not doing it, you need to do it. Number two, if you are doing it, you could increase your intensity of strength training. You mm -hmm. could add another set. You could add resistance or weights. You could add different exercises. There's a, a ton of different ways that you can mix up your strength training in order for you to get more gains and, and more payoff. Excellent. All right. So without strength training, make sure strength training is like one of the first things that you're adding in there, Yeah. especially because that's going to probably help prevent you from getting over onto the injury side of this cycle. Yep. It will. Even if you press a little harder, if you're stronger and your body can take it, you're still going to be more injury resistant. All right. So knowing what you're going to get the big payoff for, that's a good question. Uh, another good question to ask is what's the ultimate goal of this? Okay. And there's a few options here. Are you trying to run farther? Like, is it like, you know what I'd like to do? I'd like to be able to just casually go off on a 10 mile run. What you are going to need to focus on increasing your long run. Like that's going to be a thing that has to be there. If right. you're not doing strength, I would start with strength as you very gradually try to increase the long run. Don't be like, well, I've never done strength before, but my goal is to run further. So I'll just add a mile to my long run every week. That's a setup for injury. Yeah, don't do that. Like, and this is one of the big things that we like to help people with is getting them on a strength building cycle before they go on to like a mileage building cycle. And if you have a, a timeline, an appropriate timeline, there's time for all of that. Like we've got um, a new client, shout out to Matthew. Like he came to us a year in advance of his big marathon goal, right? Because he's like, I want to run Chicago. I don't want to be injured. So I need some help. Like, and a lot of times people will come to us. They're like, Oh, well, I've got, I've got um, a marathon in, in three months. Can you guys help me? And it's like, well, yes, we can. Yes. Right. But it would be better you would be feel better in the process if you started a little sooner, right? If you started on a strength building cycle. So it's learning how to stack training cycles on top of one another for you to get the best results. So it's like, if you are knowing that you want to build up to a longer race that you've never done before, or maybe one that you've done before, but it just hasn't really gone well for you, spending a few months to really build up the strength side of things without increasing anything else, without increasing your mileage or your speed or trying to focus on any of that. Some, a lot of times that kind of happens, right? Like yes, your, speed, yes, it does. your speed starts to get better um, without you actually focusing on it, but that's not the focus, right? The focus is the strength focusing on that and then moving into like a mileage building cycle and then into a race training cycle and learning how to stack these things onto one another is really going to, to be helpful. Yeah, I mean, you kind of covered a, a lot of these different goals that you can aim for and how to stack the cycles. Yeah. But, right, so different options you're aiming for, running farther, 
running a faster specific race time, which often leads to kind of like that race specific yeah. workouts, a little specific work on whatever the, the races you're going for, or just overall health. Um, like, is that really the ultimate goal of like, I, I want to make sure that I'm optimizing my health. I'm not sure that this plateau is where I've optimized my health. How do I get off of this thing? But yeah. with the focus of, I just want to overall be as healthy as I can. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and what sometimes understanding that one goal might not be the best way to achieve that goal. Like if your goal is overall health, sometimes there are training goals that might not support that goal of overall health and being able to reconcile those two and decide which one is more important to you is really, really critical. Like chasing a specific race time and overall health might not go hand in hand. It, it might not. It, it could. It can. It, right. It, it totally can. The, the two are like performance and health do not have to be contradictory. Performance and health can go together, can right. be complementary, right? But it depends on the way, the approach that you take to that thing. But many times, I just had a great conversation. Um, there, I've got a, a guest podcast interview coming out next month. Um, and we, we had we, a, a really like a, a more in-depth conversation about this topic, exactly about like health versus performance. And many times, you know, like the big takeaway from that episode, you guys can catch that. Uh, I'm releasing that one in January is that when you focus on your health, oftentimes performance improves, yep. but when you fo focus on performance, it doesn't always go the same way. Uh, you don't always see, a good way of looking right? At it. You don't always see the same improvements in your health. If the focus is performance, but often if you're focusing on health, you do see increases in performance. That makes sense. Yeah. It's going to be a good episode. Mm -hmm. All right. So, um, knowing like what your, what type of stress you want to increase to get the biggest bang for, for your increased stress, knowing what the ultimate goal is, that's a good one. Knowing how the different increases in stress are going to physically affect you or mentally affect you. Like if you increase the amount of fast running you're doing, you're going to be sore. Like that's going to have actual muscle breakdown. There's going to be muscular soreness and pain coming along with this guy. Yeah. Like there's just different things. If you're increasing your strength, there's going to be neuromuscular adaptations. You're just overall going to kind of feel some physical fatigue as you're making these neuromuscular like improvements, which is why strength training is a weird one when you start like seeing the improvement off of mm -hmm. it. Cause some of it is your brain allowing your body to just move through those motions. better. most of it is at yeah. the beginning, right? Like it takes six to eight weeks for you to actually see like strength improvement, but, but, the, but you can suddenly like, I can do 10 pushups today and I can do 15 tomorrow, but that's not because I actually got stronger. You feel stronger because yeah. like you said that the, when Kevin says the neuromuscular, he means like the message from the brain to the muscles, right? There's a pathway there. And the more you practice sending the message from the brain to those muscles, the stronger that pathway gets. And so you're not actually strengthening the muscles in those beginning weeks, you're actually breaking those muscles, muscles down. <clears throat> but what you are doing is strengthening the pathway from the brain to that muscle. So the muscle becomes more efficient at like the, when the brain sends the message, the muscles like, Oh yeah, I know what I'm doing, you know, and it, it just gets better at contracting and doing the whatever motion it is that you're doing. Thank you. It was an excellent job of explaining what I was trying to say there. Um, one of the other stresses that comes up here, mental fatigue. Yeah. Like you just realize if, that's you're, a real thing. if you're increasing whatever the stress that's going to be mentally challenging, mm -hmm. maybe it won't be, you know, maybe yep. you're throwing strides in there and you think it's fun. That might not have the mental fatigue on you. Right. But if you're increasing like moderate runs, that might not be the most entertaining thing to try and get you off the plateau. That can be mentally fatiguing. Make sure that you're mm -hmm. taking appropriate recovery to 
um, to adjust for that extra stress. Right. And the physical fatigue can often lead to mental fatigue as well, right? Good like call. there are times I know when I've had like a really hard workout and I'm exhausted afterwards that I had a hard time like focusing throughout the day, right? So understanding that when you increase the physical stress levels, that will likely also affect how you feel mentally, right? Like not every day, right? Because you're not supposed to be increasing your training load every single day, but on those harder days where you are increasing your physical stress, understand that there is a level of mental stress and fatigue that go along with that as well. Yeah. I just, I want to highlight that. I mean, we've, we've said it before, but just that what you just said there of you should not be increasing the stress on every single run. Mm -hmm. Like that's the thing is you've got a plan here. You're like, how do I kind of change things up a little bit? You don't have to change up every single run. Yeah. Like changing one or two things during the week is going to be a decent amount of extra stress onto your body and probably get yeah. you off the plateau. Yeah. And it's funny sometimes when people come to us for coaching and we are looking more at smaller tweaks, a lot of times people are like, well, then what do I need a coach for? Like, if I'm just going to be doing the same thing and I'm just going to be tweaking one thing, what do I need a coach for? I'm just, I already know what to do. And it's like, okay, but do you like, or are you the person that's going to want to change more things? Mm -hmm. And do you need a coach to remind you that no, 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 we just have to ride this out. This is going to be okay. We need to make a small tweak. We don't have to make large sweeping, you know, adjustments to your plan. We need to make those small tweaks that are going to give you the biggest payoff. And that's one of the things that we love to help people with too. Okay, that was one of the coaching podcasts I listened to. And they said that the, the faster their clients were, the more like objectively successful yeah. their coaching clients were, the more the job of a coach was to pull them back 100%. rather than push them forward. Yep. Like as, as newer runners, uh, as, as younger, like on the running calendar runners, you just keep adding one little new thing and you can see the progress yep. as more advanced runners. It's like, okay, but don't do that. Let's try and pull this thing right. back. And there's so many different like handles that you can pull to try and adjust things. Right. as a coach, being able to look at all of them and be like, okay, for, for what you're aiming for, we're going to pull back on these three things and increase this one thing. Right. Like that's where the, the art aspect of coaching comes in. Oh, absolutely. Right. Because they're, like you said, there are so many different levers that you can pull, <laughs> right? Like we just, this is one quick podcast episode and we've given you a couple of things. We've given you what, four levers here, yeah. strides, long run, moderate speed and strength. There are so many others, right? Like these are just some of the ones that you can start to work with. Um, but yes, that is kind of where the art of all of this comes in. And that really takes us to our last point, which is being able to listen to your body and being willing to adjust. That is one of the best ways for you to stay out of this vicious running cycle, for you to break this cycle for good, which is learning how to listen to your body and be willing to adjust, right? Don't let your ego get in the way. Like so many of us, we do not want to adjust. We don't want to listen to our body. We are, we've been conditioned and told to ignore it. No pain, no gain, mm -hmm. you know, just push through. You don't want to be weak. You want to just keep going, right? But when you continually ignore your body and just keep pushing, you will be on this vicious running cycle for the rest of your life, okay? If you are willing to listen to your body, to pull back when you're feeling burnt out, to pull back when you're starting to, to feel tired, when you're starting to feel like those beginning signs of burnout, right? Like you don't wanna to get to the point where you're completely burnt out and then injured, right? But 
there are always those little signs ahead of time. Like when you start to notice, um, we should probably just, we'll do like a full episode on, on running burnout, I think would be really helpful. But like, you know, when you start to notice that you're not looking forward to your runs, when you start to notice that you're feeling much more tired in your daily life than normal, when running isn't giving you the same sort of rewards as it has been. Like these are all of those, those really small signs mm-hmm. that if we don't pay attention to them can turn into something bigger. Right. And so when we start to notice those things, start to listen to our body and then adjust appropriately, we can completely avoid the injury and burnout section of the cycle. Yeah. And I mean, one of the things of listening to your body, we talked about all different ways to add new stresses, but new stresses are going to feel like stresses. Yes. Like you're going to feel a little bit tired. That doesn't mean that it's going wrong. That probably means it's going correctly. Mm -hmm. It's just that you don't need to add new stresses so that you feel exhausted daily. That's too much. Mm -hmm. That's overkill. And there are other sports where that seems to be the right thing to do. That's definitely not the right thing to do for endurance training. Right. If you push really hard and you feel like, oh yeah, today I pushed hard enough because I'm tired at the end of my workout. That's too much stress. Like you should not be super tired at the end of every single workout. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And then again, just going back to that point before of like understanding that there are seasons, you don't always have to be building to to something that plateaus are normal. Be willing to accept the plateau as just a part, an expected part of your training, hang out there for a while and then move forward. Right. Mm -hmm. Like even like you can consciously choose to be on the plateau and just not have it mean anything bad. Like you have the power to assign that meaning to the plateau. And we like to assign the negative meaning, but it could be, okay, no, this is a really, this is a really good time for this right now in my life. Yeah. Yeah. You can choose the plateau. You can mm-hmm. say, I'm going to schedule the plateau in for this, this chunk of the year. And yeah. that's, that's a perfect season. Perfect season. All right, you guys. So hopefully that was really helpful for you. That is the vicious running cycle in a podcast nutshell. Um, I don't know if it's a nutshell, if it's like an hour long episode, but you know. We, we, we're getting getting the information out there. So if you guys want some help with your running goals in 2023, we would love to be your coaches. We would love to help you figure out how to make this system, this method work for you in your real life so that you can achieve your goals. So if you're interested in, in some coaching, reach out to us. Okay. If you're on Instagram, send me a DM over on Instagram. If you like email, send me an email, Angie at realliferunners.com. We would love to work with you. Okay. We've got a group coaching option. We've got a one-on-one coaching option. Um, so we can figure out how we can help you to become the runner that you want to be and get out of this vicious running cycle for good, help you get stronger and faster and achieve those goals that you want for yourself in 2023. So as always, you guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast, for spending this time with us and for sharing the podcast or, you know, referring the podcast um, to your friends and all the things. We appreciate you guys. This has been the Real Life Runners podcast episode number. Oh, yeah. 285. 285. I hope so. I think so. Um, Episode number 285. Now get out there and run your life. If you're ready to have more fun and achieve the goals that matter to you without sacrificing the rest of your life in the process, this message is for you. Maybe you're feeling confused or frustrated because you're not making the progress you want, even though you're running three times per week or more. Maybe you're feeling tired or sore all the time because you're pushing harder every day trying to get better. 
Maybe you want to run longer, but every time you run a couple of miles, that nagging knee pain starts to act up again. Maybe you've been told that you should probably stop running so much because you're getting older, but you refuse to accept that and want to find a way to continue to improve in your 40s, 50s, and beyond. Maybe you just feel like you're winging it every day and want to start working towards a goal. You want to feel better and be able to make progress in your running as you get older. And if you're like us and the other runners we work with, you want your running to help you become stronger and more resilient in all other areas of your life too. Plus, you need something that fits in your real life that is simple, easy to understand, and effective. Don't worry, we've got you. If you're ready to transform into a strong, confident, and successful real-life runner, the Real Life Runners Academy has everything you need. It includes training plans, coaching, and programs that will teach you how to run faster, run longer, feel better, and accomplish your goals. Check it out today over at realliferunners.com forward slash academy. Enrollment will be opening soon, so be sure to join the wait list so that you can be notified when doors are open. It's time to run your life.